0: Listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Latavius Murray, you know, he ended up playing in every down roll for the Broncos. 82% of snaps played on two-minute snaps, played on third down, uh, you know, in addition to his normal early down roll. Um, it's most likely Mike Boone gets that, you know, passing down roll back once he's back from IR uh could be as early as this upcoming week um yep. so he's he is eligible to be back this week so keep that in mind but like you know even someone who was as an inefficient as Murray they have the chance to be efficient you know if they're getting the volume uh, like he did this week same thing we saw with Zeke the week you know on Thanksgiving you know it's like it's going to happen eventually they're going to break off you know a run here or there and you know Murray, despite him being 47 years old, like he's still able, <laughs> you know, to 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 get have production if he's going to be given that type of those type of snaps and that
1: type of volume. Yeah, he, he beat everybody else out in his backfield by a mile. Um, I mean, I, I know they signed Marlon Mack, and he had a while ago. He had no you know influence on Latavius Murray's carries. Um, the problem with me is, I this is the same problem I have with Damian Pierce, who we'll talk about soon. But um, Latavius Murray, he's in such a bad offense. I don't think it could get much worse watching this offense. You know, just yeah. as a side note to Latavius. So this bad. offense is so bad. It, it's just ridiculous. They got a, they got set up inside the 15-yard line, I think, um, on a interception or fumble something. Um, there was a muff punt, something like that. And they proceeded to go zero yards with it and kick a field goal. Like, that is just ridiculous. For Russell Wilson, at quarterback, I can't so stand this offense.
0: Zach Stevens, who is the Broncos beat reporter, um, for the denver.com he tweeted out yesterday that the Broncos, 14.3 points per game this year, is the worst in the NFL since 2000. That's more <laughs> than 20 years ago. Yeah. This is the worst offense in of 20 years. Pretty much. 20, 20, last 25 years. And that's with mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, at quarterback.
1: It's just painful watching his offense sometimes. Latavius Murray, if he gets that type of work, I'll move forward. Maybe he's a low end RB two for me, but yeah, that that's what we saw yesterday. And I just I was don't think him. it's going
0: to continue. No, if, it's not. If if Mike Boone ends up coming back, like it's over, and I'm, yeah. I, it's
1: going to be really hard for me to start Murray most weeks. Yeah, no, it's it's not going to continue, and and we know that we've known that with Latavius Murray, he's you know liable to lose his work anytime someone else steps into the backfield. But he for this week he was a, a low end RB two. Um, if he gets this type of work every week, like I said, he'll be a low end RB two. His upside is just non-existent. But, um, yeah, you're not going to want to start him if somebody else enters the backfield. Like you said, Mike Boone. You might be able to milk one more week out of him if Mike Boone you know, takes a little bit more time coming back. Because at this point, there's no need to rush anybody back because the team isn't going anywhere.
0: No. Mike Evans, extremely disappointing in this game. Yeah. We saw multiple long balls go his way, uh, but nothing really connected. Nine targets, but only two catches for 31 yards. This is a game to forget for Mike Evans. Um, he's been quiet. Over the last few games, Um, you know, I'm not sure what's going on, you know, like usually he's able to come through, but the last three games he's been very, very quiet. Um, I'm going to have to downgrade him a little bit. Obviously, you know, his ceiling is there, uh, you know, any given game, but we haven't, we haven't seen that ceiling this year. Uh, You know, early in the season, we saw some games, but lately it's been bad. Um, So I'm going to have to downgrade Mike Evans. Like I've been having him, you know, close to that wide receiver one spot as a top 15 wide receiver, but I'm going to have to downgrade him moving forward, especially in this matchup against the Browns. It was a good one, you know. And then you have Chris Godwin, you know, who ended up catching 12 or 13 targets for 110 yards and a touchdown (laughs) in a matchup where the Browns were really, really good against slot wide receivers this year. So I'm going to have to be ranking Godwin over Evans moving forward.
1: Do you think Tom Brady has a new favorite target? I don't know yeah. if Mike Evans was ever his favorite target. You know, you like to think that it would be, but you know, the way Mike Evans has been playing, at least I don't want to attribute to it, attribute it to his play because we know the talent that he is, and we know Tom Brady can throw it to him, but 9 targets and only 2 catches, that's inexcusable. That's just a terrible, you know, performance for Mike Evans coming into this, and it was a good matchup for him. Um, we talked about him being a buy a couple of weeks ago. At least I did specifically I think about him being a buy and he has just, you know, shit the bed. Completely. Yeah. These past few weeks, the upside has been non-existent. We know the upside; it's still there. You know, it's still there. It's not like it's gone. It's just he keeps putting up these bad performances. He's probably lost for a couple of weeks, but with Chris Godwin, he's been consistent, and now the production is starting to catch up to the volume that he's been getting. He's been getting consistent volume every week. He's had a super nice floor, and this week he came through with a nice ceiling. Um, Twenty-nine points in PPR off twelve catches. You know, he was a monster for PPR and one hundred ten yards and a touchdown. he's fine for standard too he looked like the only receiver that was really getting anything done in the receiving game. Julio Jones had a couple catches here and there, but he's Julio Jones, you know, he's pretty much a compliment to these two anyway. Um, But as long as Tom Brady continues to hyper target, Chris Godwin, you know, you're in good shape with him. He might be a low end wide receiver one for me now, you know, just based off the usage alone.
0: And then on top of that, you have Rashad White who played an every down role, uh, you know, for the bucks without Leonard Fournette, 90% of snaps, 14 carries nine catches on nine targets, uh, that's 23 touches for a total of 109 yards, no touchdowns, but in PPR like you're chilling, like that's yeah. great. Um, and if Fournette is back next week, you, you know you have to downgrade White a bit, uh, but he's still startable, and I'd assume that he's going to be the one A in that backfield at least in the first game that Fournette is back for. Um, You know, who knows if Fournette's gonna be hundred percent? You know, in his first game back, who knows if it's even gonna be this upcoming week? We have no idea, Um, but we'll we'll see what happens. But I think, regardless, I think Rashad White um, is still very playable. If Fournette is let's say Fournette's hundred percent healthy, I still think that White might be a low end RB two, something like that. You know, if Fournette is good to go,
1: it would be a Tony Pollard type upside situation. I mean, maybe not the touchdown upside because the offense hasn't been as good as Dallas has been of late. But you know, he's uh, liable—he's
0: liable to do really
1: well with the touches that he gets, even if minimal.
0: I I see what you're saying, and you know, I'm uh, personally—I think he has been a little disappointing, Rashad White, in terms of efficiency and that sort of thing. Right? Like, I would have hoped to see more. Like, with the thing with Pollard is that. You know, he's so good. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's so efficient. And then on top of that, he's on a good offense. Um, you know, and the Bucks, like, they're just you can't even consider them
1: like a good offense anymore. You know what
0: I mean? They're they're um, very
1: middle of the pack because they have yeah. good weapons. They're just not producing up to the standard that we're and used to.
0: The great thing is that Rashad White is a really good pass catcher. So that's a plus. Tom Brady loves to check it down when he has a good running back um yep. in the, uh, coming out of the backfield. So that's great. So those two things is why Rashad White is going to do well. And you know, I was a big fan of Rashad White coming out. And I would have hoped that he would have played a little bit more efficient, you know, coming into this game and even in this game, to be honest. Mm. Um, so you know, you know, this is great. Like I'm glad the Bucks have, you know, confidence in him to play 90% of the snaps, you know, even with Gio Bernard back and you know, they have Keyshawn Vaughn and all that. But, you know, I'm glad that Rashad White was able to do his thing with the touches that he had. He was productive. So that, so that's yeah. good. Um but my concern with Rashad White when Fournette is completely healthy is that this turns into a 50-50 split, and neither of these guys are super efficient. Um, yeah. That's my only concern there.
1: The, the production, you know, when I when I say that, he's like, Tony Pollard, this may have gotten a little mixed up, and I could have clarified this. But the, the thing about Rashad White, the production might not be efficient like Tony Pollard. But when we talk about, you know, the touches swinging his way, you know, it could be like that once Leonard Fournette comes back. Which means, you know, his code for me saying, oh. Like I don't mind starting him if I have to. Yeah, you know, like so you're saying he that be, he
0: could, he could still be the one A. Yeah. Idea.
1: So he's a low end RB two every week if Leonard Fournette comes back and he's healthy and you know he's getting touches. But like you like you've alluded to a couple of times in this podcast, and we've heard from beat reporters too that Rashad White could take over this backfield at any time. It might be that situation like Tony Pollard has, where you know one game he might get all the touches, one game he might get enough touches to be fantasy relevant, and some games he might be super quiet. But um. It's not so much the production I'm going to liken to Tony Pollard, but the way that the touches could swing is what I'm saying. That situation could resemble yeah. a lot like what we're seeing in Dallas right now.
0: I can see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, another running back, um, you know, Travis Etienne, man, he got hurt early in this game. It was a foot injury. Uh, he did say after the game, and I quote, we'll be straight for next week. And that was Jags beat reporter John Shipley asking him how he's feeling after the game. It was initially concerning since it was the same foot as he previous is his previous list Frank injury, uh, yeah. but hopefully, hopefully, what he's saying is true that he'll be fine for next week. Uh, but also, Doug Peterson did also say that uh, they could have put him back in the game, but they didn't want to risk anything. So, right. Hopefully, he's he'll be good to go next week. Jermichael Hasty, you know, played basically played an every down role while ETN was out. You know, he got he got some, put up some points. Could have been ETN's points. <laughs> I'm tilting still. Yeah. Um, keep in mind that they just signed Dal Henderson, who was inactive in his first week with the team. So, you know, if ETN does miss time, then he could be active next week. You know, with Jamichael Hastie, and he, he could even get more touches than Jermichael Hastie. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but hopefully, ETN will be fine, and he'll he'll be good to go, and you can play him next week.
1: So, would you say you anticipate ETN playing? I know we're way far yeah, out. Yeah, I would say so. I, I would yeah, anticipate I mean, him playing too. It
0: seems all signs seem like he should be good to go
1: yeah like and i i kind of point to the fact that he didn't you know get out of uniform he was still in game uniform and it looked like he could have gone in if he needed to which is weird because it was a close game i thought maybe if it was a close game they'd put him back in but they didn't um michael hasty did his thing anyway it looks like michael hasty is going to be a, a decent pickup you know if you need to if travis Etienne would miss time but i, I don't think that's going to be the case we just talked about travis Etienne maybe starting um you could stash him just in case if you have the bench space but uh Daryl Henderson, I'm not sure, you know, it'll be interesting to see. They, did, they didn't they did trade for him or anything. They just picked him up. Maybe they just went him as depth. Um, they looked smart, you know, by picking up Daryl Henderson after Travis Etienne went down. But I'm not anticipating Daryl Henderson rotating too much into this backfield, especially, you know, if Travis Etienne's all right. It's not like he's going to be coming in and playing a 1B role to Travis Etienne. Etienne is far and away a better talent. And Daryl Henderson looks like it's just depth at this point. But um, if it's Jermichael Hasty leading the backfield and Travis Etienne's out, Daryl Henderson could rotate in. I don't think his ceiling is very high, but if you need someone for their floor, you know, and you had him when he was on the Rams, I could see similar production to what he was doing on the Rams, you know. Yeah, if
0: Etienne doesn't practice all week and Henderson, you know, obviously gets some practice time in and Etienne ends up missing, I don't expect him to miss, but if he does end up missing, then I think I would just avoid this backfield, basically. I wouldn't start Hasty or Henderson.
1: All right, that's fair. That makes sense. It's not a good offense. Um, The Ravens defense came back to earth in a big way against Jacksonville. But, you know. Yeah,
0: because who knows how involved Henderson will be, you know. And Hasty isn't that good of a running back. So, I'm not sure I would bother personally. Yeah. Um, Jeff Wilson had an amazing matchup coming into this week against the Texans without Raheem Mostert. So, of course, he's going to average only three yards a carry. (laughs) <laughs> 13, 13 carries yeah. for 39 yards at least he scored before he got dinged up um, so he was out of this game for a little while so that obviously you know didn't do any favors for his volume but he did catch only one ball for 13 yards didn't have the most amazing day uh, the ceiling wasn't as high as it could I mean the, he didn't hit this, the the high ceiling that you know we thought he could hit this week um, had him as an RB1 but that didn't work out
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff Wilson, you know, it looked like he was going to have a good game, but the Dolphins' offense went up. Not the Dolphins' offense, just Dolphins' team in general went up so fast in this game. Yeah. It's like there was no chance for any type of fantasy production. They pulled Tua after halftime. You know, yeah, he didn't, exactly. I don't think he played another snap. Tyreek Hill had 15 points. Jalen Waddle had 13. You know, it wasn't explosive at all, but they were up by 30 at halftime. Yeah. So it's like, where did the points go? You know, how did we get here so fast without any of these players doing anything? I mean, obviously, Jeff Wilson, He did, you said, he did score that touchdown, but outside of that, I mean, no noteworthy fantasy performance came out of this game. A lot of people just kind of, you know, got their knees chopped by this performance because they didn't play half the game.
0: You know, yeah, so if you started these guys.
1: You're probably upset a little bit. Um, Houston made a bit of a game at the end, and maybe you thought they put the starters back in just for one more run at glory. But um that didn't happen. So it looks like I'm not worried about any of these players. You know, it's just the way the game script worked that they were way up on the Texans, and we thought that was gonna happen. But Jeff Wilson, you know, he didn't really capitalize on a good matchup. And I I was I was really surprised. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh T. Higgins
0: comes through. Let's move to this Bengals game. Uh, you know, he came through once again with Jamar Chase out. He caught seven of nine targets for 114 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Boyd, man, two catches for 16 yards again not coming through with Jamar Chase out. It was a good matchup, right? And now Yeah. And now we're not going to start him next week with T- with with Jamar Chase back and of course, he's going to go off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he will. <laughs> it looks like yeah. Jamar Chase is going to be back this week though. Um so you'll be able to start him hopefully.
1: Yeah. Trent Irwin had a really impressive catch. Um yeah. you know, Tyler Boyd I don't know. I don't want to say he's getting outplayed, but Tyler Boyd has been super quiet as of late. And he's kind of, I don't want to say he's looking expendable, but with Jamar Chase coming back, you know, you can't really envision him having anything better, any better production than this. Um, But like you said, just because Jamar Chase is coming back, he's going to go off next week. We'll see. Of course. But um, T Higgins, you know, he showed out again, like you said. And I was actually really happy to see that besides the fact that I was playing against him this week. Um, (laughs) But, you know, we talked about it like two weeks ago. I think it was, we said, you know, uh, T Higgins has been awful quiet with Jamar Chase out, and then these past two weeks, he's done really well. So it's like maybe oh, yeah. we have a little power here. I don't know, but um, he, he, he looked really good. <laughs> um, you know, Joe Burrow was throwing up those jump balls, and that's where he's gonna make his money, and he did definitely against a rookie corner who wouldn't, right? If, if you yeah. watch a game, he was just beating him all day. You see this, see this in yep. the game, you know, good things are happening. And for those who are
0: listening, Zach yeah, is tapping his
1: head, the head top, yep,
0: for the jump ball. Samaje <laughs> Pirine, 17 carries, four catches on seven targets, 24 opportunities in this game, 80% of snaps, and he came through. Very yeah. solid performance despite the tough matchup. He did end up getting a goal line carry and he ended up scoring uh because they were able to move the ball uh through the air. Pirine looked good, man. Um, you know, yeah. I I he, he he's a I think he's a good player, and you know, he he looked good. You can kind of understand why they want to like mix him in a little bit with Mixon. Um, but yeah, like I, I kind of like Pirine Wh- whenever Mixon doesn't play kind of seems like he comes through. Uh, even in a tough matchup, he was able to do his thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you watch Piran, it was one of the things I was kind of surprised at yesterday. He's like, okay, Bra- you know.
0: Breaking tackles and all that? Yeah, that he, bring, looked, yeah. he
1: looked he really good. The contact balance, like mm-hmm. it wasn't elite, but it was just like, okay, this guy's definitely, he's not taking lightly the fact that he's getting the start today. You know, nope. he was out there to play football and he did. And he turned in a good fantasy performance. I, I was, you know, pleasantly surprised by that. I've seen him play and I picked him up in the last week of last season, thinking that he'd be able to do this type of thing. And I think he got zero touches. I remember it was really upsetting. But um, mm. Samaj P. Ryan, he, he looks good. I mean, can we call him a handcuff? I, I think we might be able to.
0: He's definitely a handcuff. He's been yeah. a handcuff this whole time.
1: Yeah. Okay. He's been super quiet. I mean, we don't see Joe Mixon miss a lot. That's why maybe yeah. I was kind of, you know, well, are we I calling mean, him a handcuff? We
0: did see him miss a lot before last season.
1: Yeah. Before last season and this season, and
0: Piran even before that last season, Piran was coming in for him. I mean, we yeah. had Gio there too for like the season before that, but mm-hmm. in twenty twenty nine twenty 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 yeah twenty twenty, we we saw a couple uh, Piran games. Um yeah. but yeah, but since Zach Taylor has been there, it seems like Piran has been the guy.
1: Yeah, and and he looked good. And like you said, this was against a good defense. So who knows? He could be really good against you know a bad defense, like if he goes against yeah. the Texans.
0: So, you know, he's one of those guys that you can, you know, have stashed. I picked Piran up multiple times, you know, this year, <laughs> just, <Yep>. just, just <laughs> in case, like, makes were to go down. And, you know, it kind of worked out this week, except uh, I didn't start him. Maybe I should have started him over uh, tra- maybe, uh, Travis Etienne. That would have been nice. That would have been nice. Even you would, would never,
1: ever have caught us. You wouldn't have caught Faraz dead saying to start Simaja p Piran over Travis Etienne. No, I
0: way. will say this, though. I mean, I only had Piran ranked, you know, two spots behind Etienne this week. Um yeah, and and I was thinking about it. Not gonna lie. But you know why I was thinking about it? The Ravens because defense? Ravens defense, number one. Number two, I'm like, listen, P Ryan, like he's gonna be very involved in the pass game. Um and ETN hasn't been. Um, that was my only concern there. But it's it just at the end of the day, I'm not benching.
1: Yeah, ETN we, we know That's the what rule it comes down to. We know the rule.
0: Start your yeah, studs. Stupid rule. Stupid rule.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, we've all been there, we've all been burned so it happens.
0: Oh, man. All right, let's move on to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so Christian McCaffrey has a knee issue. It could be patellotendinitis. That's what it seems like. Uh, it caused him to be out of the game for a while, you know, in and out the game. I was wondering why he wasn't on the field during the two-minute drill at the end of the first half or inside the five-yard line at times, uh, but it seems like that's why. And he yeah. came back in the game. You know, Jordan Mason started to rotate with him after Elijah Mitchell was ruled out of the game with a knee injury, and it seems like he has another MCL sprain on his other knee um doesn't seem that apparently it's not as severe as the first mcl sprain but the first one caused him to miss like six weeks or more than that so it was six to eight weeks that was the initial prognosis for him so he'll probably miss some time um now if this cmc injury isn't serious and it doesn't seem to be what it seems to me like what it seems to be is that uh moving forward he might miss some practice time but it doesn't look like he's going to miss games uh still monitor this injury but The problem with this is, like, you know, with Mitchell out, CMC would have got all of the touches moving forward, right? Yeah. Like, from a fantasy perspective, it's like, all right, wheels up for CMC, put him back up at the RB1 spot, but now he has a knee issue. Mm -hmm. And And with this particular knee issue, apparently the best thing to do is, you know, have a little bit of load management. So it's possible that we see Christian McCaffrey and Jordan Mason, you know, as a... You know, kind of you know, Mason isn't going to, going to be the guy to, you know, take Elijah Mitchell's role because Elijah Mitchell is a legit good running back. Yeah. Um, Jordan Mason, you know, it took him a while to even get these type of touches that we saw in yesterday's game. Uh it took a couple of injuries for that to happen. But we'll see, right? It's possible that Tevin Coleman gets activated. I doubt he gets a lot of touches. But if Christian McCaffrey's good to go. If he, he can manage, I guess, if there's any pain associated to this injury, if he can manage that pain just to kind of close out the year. I know that they have playoff and Super Bowl aspirations here. Are they going to, you know, give Christian McCaffrey, you know, 20, 25 touches a game? I'm not sure. But with Elijah Mitchell kind of out of the way for the next several games, maybe we have a little bit of a boost in Christian McCaffrey's value despite the the knee issues that he has going on right now himself.
1: Right. I wouldn't be mad as a Christian McCaffrey manager if they did load management this week and Elijah Mitchell misses a few more games and he comes back and he gets his full workload two weeks after that. I mean, unless you really need to win, um, you know, to get in the playoffs, it's really bad timing for this injury for Christian McCaffrey because definitely, like you said, I was 100% going to be like, yeah, Christian McCaffrey's back. He's the RB1 overall every week, but that's not the case now. He's going to be dealing with that injury. Um, we'll see how it affects him. He is on a better offense. maybe, if he could just get some quality touches, you know, he'll be able to do his thing, but, um, I don't think they're going to use him as a workhorse, um, especially if they're rotating Elijah Mitchell and, you know, even with him being on the team, um, and Elijah Mitchell being healthy and Christian McCaffrey now being there. I was hoping he'd be able to get back up to that 40 point upside, but that's not going to happen at this point. I think he can get back to that. If they manage the injury the right way, he could be back to it as early as next week, assuming Elijah Mitchell's out. Um, you know, for uh, more than one game or two. Um, but yeah, with Christian McCaffrey being injured now, and Jordan Mason, like you said, he looked all right. He didn't get a whole lot of work, but he looked all right. They're going to be rotating him in definitely, and it's going to hurt his workload a little bit, and it's going to cap his ceiling. So I, I think the fallout, the bottom line here with this whole event, this string of injuries, is that Christian McCaffrey is going to be pretty much sitting right where we had him. You know, yeah, last week.
0: I think so. I think he gets a little bit of a boost because I I don't see Jordan Mason or Tevin Coleman, like taking like the money touches away, like yeah. You have an argument for putting in Elijah Mitchell in on certain in certain situations, but like if you have Jordan Mason on the field when you have Christian McCaffrey on the sideline, you know what I mean. If you have Tevin Coleman on the field when you have Christian McCaffrey on the sideline, it's like what are we doing here? You know yeah, what I'm saying? So like true. I I think because of that, he gets a little bit of, bit of a boost. Hopefully that that tendinitis isn't something that has to limit him too much. That's that's yeah. the hope. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, don't be surprised if Christian McCaffrey misses some practice time this week. Um, but hopefully he'll be good to go for the game.
1: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.